What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Thursday, May 13th. Man, I hope all you guys are feeling well out there today. Hopefully, all you guys have had a nice, productive, and successful week wherever you guys are at. Hopefully, all you guys are just continuing to get better each and every single day, man. And I want to tell you guys real quickly, just be able to control your thoughts. Your mind is powerful. The things that you feed your mind are powerful. Be aware of the things that you're feeding your mind and just control your thoughts. I promise you, you are able to do so. You really got to reconstruct yourself and learn about yourself and master yourself. And then you'll be able to control your thoughts. Being able to control your thoughts is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do. So just really be mindful of the things that you're feeding yourself and the people around you, man. But of course, we are still in the middle of a pandemic, man. So please wash your hands as much as possible and drink a lot of water, especially. Of course, wear a mask anytime you are out in a large group crowd or gathering or in a public area or public space. And lastly, but certainly not least, if you have any type of sunshine or, or excuse me, sunshine or sunlight wherever you are at on the globe, Please go outside and get some ultraviolet rays on your skin because I promise you the sun kills all viruses and the coronavirus is not excluded from that list, man. But again, just continue to get better each and every single day. Even if it's just 1% better, that's still progress. So just keep pushing. I promise you good things are on the way and just know that your time is coming. But in the meantime, work at your craft every single day so you can just master what you're doing. And so when that day comes, you'll be over prepared. And so, of course... We are still demanding justice for Breonna Taylor. We are still demanding justice for Elijah McClain. We are still demanding justice for Jacob Blake. And we are going to continue to demand justice for anybody that has been a victim of police brutality or even worse, police murderings. It needs to and it must stop soon. Point blank, period. But man, let's talk about some NBA news this week. So on Monday in Atlanta, the Wizards took on the Hawks in the first of a two-game series between those two teams in the past couple of days. And at the end of that first game on Monday, Russell Westbrook had officially surpassed the big O, Oscar Robertson himself, by attaining 182 career triple-doubles, which is the most ever all-time in NBA history. It was only a matter of time before Russell Westbrook was going to be able to accomplish this feat. Um, it's actually crazy because you look at interviews and people were always saying that nobody is ever going to be able to pass what Big O did when it comes to rebounds. And Russell Westbrook did that on Monday night. And it's honestly just crazy, especially because it's not an easy thing to do. Like people want to say stat padding and, you know, he's telling his teammates to not get rebounds and things like this. What Russell Westbrook is doing and has been doing for a majority of his career is amazing the effort that he brings the passion that he brings if you don't like his game that's one thing but you need to respect his greatness and you can never ever question this dude's heart how much he gets to the game what he gives to his teammates his leadership how his teams always have a lot of success especially in the regular season russell westbrook is a legend he is going to be a hall of famer no doubt about it in my mind he's been doing it at a high level for a very long time and also too I think the craziest thing about him accomplishing this feat is the fact that for the past few years, his shooting percentages when it comes from the three-point line and from the free throw line have dipped tremendously, and yet he's still able to put up 20-plus points per game while getting double-digit rebounds and double-digit assists. And another thing, too, for the people that try and knock him and say that triple-doubles don't amount to winning, that's false. Because in the games that Russ has earned a triple-double, 
his career record between OKC, his brief stint in Houston, and now in Washington is 136 wins with 45 losses. Again, when Russell Westbrook gets a triple-double, his overall career record is 136 wins to 45 losses. That is a winning player. Now, I will say this too, though, because I do love Russell Westbrook. Before his career is over, he must and he needs to make some more playoff moments because he hasn't really had any big-time playoff moments, I'm going to be honest, in a while, and he needs to change. I think the last big moment he had was when they played Damian Lillard, and Dan got them out of there in, what, like five or six games. Of course, he hit the dagger. Um, I think that was in game six over Paul George. So he's, he's got to get some playoff moments. But nonetheless, him doing this is one of the most amazing accomplishments we'll ever see from an individual NBA player of this generation, of this decade. It's insane. Like, it, it really is to exert that much energy. Like, people don't understand. Basketball is a tiring sport. You have to be well-conditioned to run up and down the court 24-7. You have to. It is hard. You can't just, you know, one day walk into the gym and automatically be in basketball shape. Like, no, it takes you a couple weeks, sometimes for even people, months, to get into basketball shape. And for Russ, who we all know is a superhuman, he's built different, it doesn't look like he ever gets tired, he's always working. He's always giving 100% effort. And that's the perfect thing. Like, if, if you're a coach... You want to be able to tell your player, okay, sometimes you got to chill out. You don't want to be able to tell your player, I need you to get, I need you to turn up. Like Russell Westbrook, you never have to tell Russ to turn up. Sometimes you got to tell him to, you know, slow down and relax and you know, take your, you know, foot off the gas. But I'd rather me as a if I was a coach, I'd rather tell my player to take their foot off the gas rather than put their foot on the gas. If you guys get what I'm saying, like I'd rather my guy be going hard as possible all the time, which Russ does, instead of having to force them to try and be great. So what Russ does, man, is phenomenal. It's sensational. It's so many different words that I could use, but like it's incredible. Like I'm not gonna lie. Me at first, I was kind of like whatever about it, but just to see how he's doing it, like I've watched a lot of Wizards games this season, especially, and he has 36 triple doubles on this season alone. I'm looking at him, and the Wizards are winning games. Like, at the beginning of the season, you know, Russ was kind of banged up. I think he had, like, a calf or a quad injury. I forget which what, which what it was, but he was banged up a little bit. You know, the Wizards had some other injuries. You know, they lost Thomas Bryant for the year. They just lost Denny a, f- a couple weeks ago, the rookie from, I believe, Israel. And ever since, it's just like Russ has turned up. Him and Bradley Bill have turned up completely. And I'm going to be honest, too, like, Scott Brooks is not really a good head coach, and he's I mean, I won't say he's not a good head coach, but he's not the right guy for the job as the Wizards head coach. And Russell Westbrook is kind of like saving his job because I feel like if the Wizards miss the playoffs or the play-in, shall I say, they're more than likely going to fire Scott Brooks as head coach of the Washington Wizards. But they have a realistic shot at making the play-in. I believe they will get that 10 seed and they're going to compete. And I do think if the Pacers can stay at that 9 seed, they'll beat the Pacers. In my opinion, now they're going to have to beat the loser of the 7-8 game, which is either going to be the Hornets or the Celtics, which will get real interesting. But I think they can win both those games and get into the playoffs and make some noise as an 8 seed. I truly believe that with Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, like, that's dangerous. That's the last duo you really want to see. Or I say second-to-last duo after Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. But still, that's a scary duo. You know, with them two dudes, they're playing with nothing to lose and everything to gain. Like, that's 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 not who you want to see. You do not want to see Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. But staying with Russ, though, it's just like, come on, man. Like, everything that he's doing is spectacular. Like, like really, he's putting his heart on the line 
every single game. And you got to give him his credit for that because think about this. It's probably thousands of NBA fans out there that have gone to games, purchased tickets, all that, the whole nine, and they went there and their favorite player didn't didn't perform up to expectations, whether they had something going on, whether it was just a cold shooting night, whether they just didn't care about that night. You can never make that claim for Russell Westbrook. Every single time you see Russell Westbrook on the floor, he is giving it his all. I remember when he had that triple-double, rest in peace to the great Nipsey Hussle. After Nipsey died a couple years ago, Russell Westbrook went off for 20, 20, and 20. If you're from L.A., you know exactly what that means. But Russ is special for things like that, man. Like, come on now. I don't like when people try to discredit him because it's not easy to get a triple-double. If it was, everybody would be doing it. It's as simple as that. And I will say, I'm not going to say it's easier to get him nowadays, but the way that teams play and the way that offenses are ran, it is more capable now than it was, you know, a few years ago, you know, a few generations ago. But still, that takes a lot of energy. You have to exert a lot of energy to get a triple-double. He's doing it consistently while winning games, which is the most important part. He's winning games while doing it. Give Russell Westbrook his flowers. Shout to Russ again. He is now the NBA's all-time leader in triple-doubles. Congrats to Russell Westbrook, man. But moving on, though. Let's talk about one of the more, quote-unquote, historic franchises in NBA history, and that's the Boston Celtics. The Celtics have had one of the roughest years of any team in the NBA this season. Um, they probably dealt with like the most injuries, them or the Atlanta Hawks, and maybe even the Lakers, but it's been a rough year in Boston. I'm going to just, just say that. And for Boston fans especially, I know a few of them. Shout out to my guy Lucas and Patrick and a couple other guys. It's been rough, but... Let's talk about it. So this year, the Celtics are currently 35-35, and 35, 500 record, and they're in seventh place in the Eastern Conference. And I know, you know, they're just coming off the Eastern Conference Finals appearance last year where they lost to Miami in six games. They played a pretty good series, even though they kind of didn't play to what they thought they would against that Miami Heat team, but they lost nonetheless. And this year, I think a lot, I won't say a lot, but I think some of their reasons that they haven't been as successful as expectations were out for them is that the short turnaround from the bubble kind of hurt them. And again, I'm going to keep saying this because you look at Miami who dealt with some injuries in COVID, you know, Victor Oladipo just got out for the season, even though he didn't play with Miami last year, but still, you know, Jimmy was out with COVID. Jimmy was out with some injury for a minute. They've had different players. Tyler Hero was out. Goran Dragic was out. You look at Denver, you know, half their team is pretty much hurt right now between um, Jamal Murray, obviously out for the year, PJ Dozier, Will Barton. Um, you look at the Lakers, of course, Anthony Davis, LeBron James. So injuries have hit all the teams that made deep runs into the bubble last year going into the conference semifinals, or excuse me, the conference finals. And for Boston, I'm going to be honest. So let's I'm going I'm to put, put it like this. The blame needs to go 50% to Danny Ainge, 25% to Brad Stevens, and 25% to the actual players themselves. And so let's start off with Danny Ainge, then we'll work our way to Brad Stevens, and then ultimately to the players. With Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge, see, my thing with Danny Ainge is that I feel like GMs across the league don't necessarily respect him. I don't know what it is. I mean, obviously, I'm not in these rooms. I don't talk to these dudes. But I just feel like every year you always hear about the Celtics possibly getting somebody, whether it's Anthony Davis, Miles Turner, Harrison Barnes this year in free agency. So many different names always pop up with the Celtics, and you're seeing them lose guys like Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, Brad Wanamaker, Daniel Tice. And really, it's like, 
they're losing guys, but they're not getting guys in return. And to be fair, they've drafted pretty well, I guess you can say. Like Aaron Neesmith is a good player. Peyton Pritchard is a good player. Romeo Langford has dealt with some injuries. You know, Carson Edwards is not really in the lineup. You know, they're still trying to see what Traymond Waters is going to be. So it's it's real interesting. And they definitely have to start drafting, you know, guys that are going to be hits and not misses. Like, you know, Peyton Pritchard is a hit. And Aaron Neesmith also looks like he's going to be a hit. But it's just too much turnaround. Like, when you have two stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, you need to keep a consistent team around those guys and build with those guys. Like, I like Robert Williams. I think Robert Williams should be the starting center for the Celtics for the next few years at the least. I think he's that talented. He's dealing with turf toe right now, excuse me. But I do think he's going to end up being a good player. So, right now, because people, have to, people also have to remind themselves of this, is that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are only 24 and 23. They're not even in their primes yet, and they look like they're trending in the direction of becoming superstar caliber players. And I think both of them are going to end up being superstars. And I know Jalen just got hurt. He's out for the season. Again, we're praying for a speedy recovery. It sounds like he had a successful surgery. He'll be back in like three months, I think they said, when it comes to basketball activities. But Danny Ainge just has not kept the same roster around these guys. I feel like every year the Celtics have different players on their teams. And yeah, that's an exception for most teams. But like you can't have this consistent turnaround. And while you're also losing a lot of players like Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, and Brad Wanamaker and Daniel Tice, like I just said a minute ago, and expect to keep getting better. You need a consistent team and you need to pretty much start from the ground up and continue to build. And literally the Celtics to me, out of every team in the league right now, I truthfully and realistically believe that the Celtics have the longest championship window right now just because of the age of their two-star players in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I firmly believe that. So they just need to be patient and grow. Start to get younger players, you know, get some bets here and there. I like Evan Fournier and just grow. Like even me, like I'm seeing a lot of people talk about trading Marcus Smart. I'm not a fan of that. Marcus Smart is a bulldog for this team. Marcus Smart is probably the best playmaker for this team. Now, I could talk about Kemba, and Kemba's thing is just like he's not really good defensively, but that's not even my concern. My thing with the Celtics is, and I've been saying this for a few years now, is that when you have two all-stars on the wing in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you don't need a scoring point guard. You don't need a scoring point guard. You just don't because you have two big-time scores already in those all-star players that I just named and I'm going to continue to talk about, you need to get a point guard that can play, make, distribute, and most importantly, defend. Isaiah Thomas was a small guard. He was 5'9". Teams are going to headhunt for him and attack him in the playoffs. Kemba Walker is not that much taller than Isaiah Thomas. Kyrie Irving was whatever, but the thing with Kyrie was that the fit just wasn't there with the Celtics. That's all it was. He wasn't a bad defensive player. He just clearly did not fit in what Brad Stevens was trying to do with those teams. So when it comes to Kemba, it's going to be really hard to try and get off that contract because a lot of people are not really firm believers in Kemba Walker. And I still think Kemba's good. Do not get it twisted. He can go off and score 30 points on any given night. He can give you like six to seven assists. He's a solid PG, but just with the personnel and the all-stars that the Celtics already have, they don't need Kemba. They just don't. They, they need Alonzo Ball. They need a DeJounte Murray. They need a Jalen Brunson. They need a true point guard that can play, make again, distribute, and defend. That's all it comes down to. That's really what it is. And then you need to get 
a consistent bench scorer. And that's why I like Evan Fournier. You bring him off the bench. He's a polished NBA vet. He knows what he's doing. He had a very successful career and stint in Orlando. And he's just, everywhere he's been, he's been pretty good. So, really, it's just about being patient. Like, I know Boston fans are always thinking about championships. Let's be honest. They win a lot of championships between the Patriots and the rest, or yeah, all whatever they got out there. I don't even know, to be honest. But you guys know what I mean. Between them, the Celtics got 17 championships. They're always thinking about winning. And to be fair, I'm not really mad at them for it because, let's be honest, like the Celtics have been to the conference finals, what, like three times in the past four years? So it's like they've always gotten to the to the promised land but they haven't necessarily gotten over the hump and that's the only thing stopping them but at the same time too it's like be patient and for anybody out there that's talking about trade Jalen Brown please stop being foolish please stop being foolish I know you know it's been a rough year I get it you know it's been a down year the Celtics should be higher than what they are I understand it but trading Jalen Brown I promise you, if Danny Ainge ever did that, first of all, the Celtics would need to fire him before he even thought about doing that. But secondly, if they actually did that, the Celtics would be in a hole, a bad hole, a nightmare hole for at least the next 15 years. Because you can really win a championship with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. I know I've seen Max Kellerman say that they couldn't, but how are you going to say that about guys that are only 23 and 24? You can't say that because they're not even in their primes. Like me personally, I think... Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to be the better version and what what really should have been what Tracy McGrady and Vince Carter should have looked like together in Toronto before, of course, T-Mac left for Orlando. I think that's what Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are. Jason Tatum is T-Mac and Jalen Brown is Vince Carter. That That's exactly how I feel. And that's why I just stated it, because they have the skill set. They're already two of the best two-way players in the league like when we talk about two-way forwards from this past generation you think about you know Kawhi Leonard LeBron James Paul George now it's Jalen Brown Jason Tatum OG Ananobi you know you still got Jimmy Butler it's so many good players out there when it comes to both ends of the floor and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both up there and they need their respect but it's all going to come down to Danny Ainge putting the right roster around them now with Brad Stevens Two things with Brad Stevens, and we'll move on to the players. The first thing is that his players are lacking effort. I don't know if they stop believing in him. I don't know what's going on. But if you watch the Celtics, sometimes they just look like they quit. And you can't have that. As a head coach in the NBA, that's not that's not you can't accept that. You you just can't. Your players should always be locked in. They're getting paid millions of dollars. It's just no excuse. Unless it's some, you know, real, real uh world problems going on, which there is, of course, all the time, but still like you need your players to always be there. And then two is that I think sometimes their offense can be stagnant and they rely upon isolation far too much. I don't think isolation basketball wins championships. If you look at any champion from the past forever, every single NBA champion, I, ISO basketball does not work. The reason James Harden never won a championship in Houston because he was more than capable of doing so is because of isolation basketball. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown run way too much ISO. So let's go to the players, and then I'll get you guys out of here. Be patient with Jalen Brown because Jalen Brown is a leader. But most importantly, Celtics fans, this is the biggest PSA. If you guys take anything away from this podcast, take away what I'm about to say right now. Be patient with Jason Tatum. Again, I'm going to remind you guys for the last time. He's only 23 years old. You know what that means? He hasn't even learned how to be a leader in the NBA. That's the biggest thing for Jason Tatum right now. That 
and he needs to learn how to be a playmaker because right now he's just an elite bucket getter and a really solid player on the defensive end. But once he's able to become a leader and a vocal voice in the locker room and tell his guys where they need to be and then become a playmaker instead of just being a scorer, he's going to be even better than what he already is right now. He's that good. Jason Tatum is the goods and he's not even close to his prime yet. That's the scariest thing about it. When he gets to his prime, I guarantee you, he is going to play in multiple NBA Finals series. I'll bet that on my life. That's how confident I am about the skill set of Jason Tatum. And I'm not even a Celtics fan. I'm a Miami Heat fan. But I understand how good Jason Tatum is. And if Boston fans don't relax, especially the Boston media, you guys might run Jason Tatum out of there. And I really don't want to see that happen for you guys, even though I kind of do. But at the same time, I kind of like Tatum in Boston just because it's good for them and it's, it's kind of a good situation for him, even though they've kind of been off and on with, with, with how they're treating him. But still, man, give Jason Tatum time. Again, you know, Danny Ainge has to do a better job of putting a more competent and capable roster around those guys um, when it comes to him and Jalen Brown. But yeah, like I said, if they even think about trading Jalen Brown, that's going to be the dumbest move, probably the, arguably the most dumbest move the Boston Celtics were ever made. And they made some dumb moves, especially with how they did Isaiah Thomas. If they let Jalen Brown go, man, <laughs> I'm going to laugh. I'm going to just laugh because they're going to look real foolish for that. I don't think they will because that's just utter stupidity. But you, you it's no excuse. There, there's no logical reason to trade Jalen Brown. It's just not. There, you can't even explain that. Like I can't even wrap my mind around that concept. Jalen Brown and Jason Tim, the most important thing that you can have if you want to have success in the postseason, is you need to have perimeter defense and perimeter offense. You look at last year, the two teams in the NBA Finals, the Los Angeles Lakers, they have LeBron James on the perimeter, and they had a couple other guys like KCP, Danny Green, and Alex Caruso, and a couple other players. The Heat, Jimmy Butler on the perimeter, Jay Crowder on the perimeter, Tyler Hero on the perimeter, Duncan Robinson on the perimeter. You need to have perimeter play, and the Celtics literally have some of the best perimeter play on both ends of the floor with two all-star players. So give them time. This season is a dud. It's over with probably, you know, you guys can lose in the plan. You guys can make it to the playoffs. Whatever happens, just forget about this season. I know it was tough, but forget about it. Move on. The future is still bright, but you just have to trust in Danny Ainge. And that, that is a question mark. Don't get it twisted. That is definitely a question mark. You need to really have faith in what Danny Ainge is trying to do. And I, I'm not mad at you if you decide to question it because he's made some very skeptical moves. But at the end of the day, you still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Like, like nobody's really complaining about that. Like, come on now. Like, you guys got two who I think two future superstars, man. So Boston Celtics fans, the, the, the moral of the story is have patience. Have patience. That, that's all it is. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are only going to continue to get better. Point blank, period. But as always, man... I appreciate you guys if you made this far. Shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. We are at Nuts and Bolts SP on both Twitter and Instagram. Please go follow us. Go like our stuff. Go comment on our stuff. For all your sports news and needs, I promise you Nuts and Bolts Sports has it all for you. I am a college basketball writer slash blogger slash journalist. Featured alongside a whole bunch of other really talented writers slash blogger slash journalists. I am also featured on Nuts and Bolts Sports Podcast Network. Alongside a whole bunch of other really talented content creators and podcast hosts. So please go check us out on our long list of good sports podcasts out there man and again 
This has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. And if you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. That is how we share, grow, and expand the podcast. As always, you guys be safe out there. I will talk to you guys soon. Peace and love gone.